Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is Ministry of Presence. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zensalo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Dawn Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so what are we talking about here? What does the Ministry of Presence mean to you? This is one of those pieces where it's more about what you don't say and don't do than what you do. Okay. And ministry of presence is very similar to holding space. We've done podcasts on holding space with people in the past. Folks can go back and listen to that on our website. This is one of those things that is a term that gets kind of tossed around among rostered leaders. And it really means showing up, but not just being a body in a room, although that matters. Okay. And sometimes when you are wearing your collar or you have on vestments, kind of that living symbol kind of moment, mm-hmm. the ministry of your presence is being a living symbol and walking around as a symbol. But for this, more of what I'm talking about is how do you show up and be present with people in a way that is genuine and helpful and holy? And how is that not just something that rostered leaders do, but how is that something that all of us as people of faith, as people who care about others, are called to do in different ways? And specifically, you're talking about showing up and being with people, but not trying to change things or set an agenda for the moment, correct? Correct. This is about being present with people where they are. And that means that you are not the agenda setter. You are not the one making decisions on what happens. You are not the one who says yes or no to things. You are there to be present and to be still. Is it more than support or is it solely a position of support? I think it's more than support. Sometimes it is nurture. Sometimes it is accountability. Oh, but doesn't that skate the line of setting an agenda? Potentially. It depends on how you enter into it. Okay. I mean, a ministry of presence, let's put it this way, in a loving relationship between a parent and a child. If a parent shows up and is simply present with a child, they may not have an agenda. They may not come in and say, I'm here to make sure that you get your room clean. But just having that parent present can help a child be accountable to the kind of lifestyle and the kind of tasks and the kind of things that their community values. And that's an accountability. It's not an agenda. It's a reminder of who you are and how you are in the world and how the community calls you to be. And I think that that's one thing that people of faith do with and for one another is we remind one another who we are and how we want to be in the world simply by being present. ACLU observers, brilliant ministry of presence. Interesting. How has this changed in the era of COVID? When I think of being present with somebody, I really think of literally being in a room with them. Yeah. But that hasn't been possible. And it's 
got to be harder to have that feeling of presence in an online environment. I agree. This is incredibly challenging in the era of a pandemic. And I think that that is one of the things that we long for without knowing what we're longing for. I think that it is something that for people who do this kind of work and do this kind of ministry on a regular basis and for whom this is one of the most fulfilling parts of their work, it's really hard to engage in it in a way that is safe and good. So we're definitely missing it. I think one of the ways that I have found, not to say this is the best way, but one of the ways that I have found to continue to remain as a ministry of presence is to continue to bear witness to stories through social media tools. I know that that's a hard thing for some folks to hear. And for those who use social media, for those who share their lives on Twitter, for those who share their stories on Instagram, their pictures and their life events on Instagram, or for those who still engage on Facebook, that those pieces to continue to engage, to continue to watch, to see, to engage as much as is safe and healthy and good to be able to do so can still be part of that ministry of presence. I'm still paying attention to your life. I'm still engaging and being present with and for you. I know you had a soccer game. I saw the pictures from when you went to the beach Right, That consistent kind of watching and learning and paying attention so that when you talk with someone or when you Zoom, there's a connection that we're aware of what's been happening and what's been going on. When I think about people holding space, in addition to your typical pastor or deacon, chaplains seem like a pretty ready-made example of somebody who does this regularly. Absolutely. And you can go back and listen to our podcast on what a chaplain does if you're curious about that, for sure. It seems like we're talking about things that are happening more for grief than for joy. And I'm guessing being present with somebody is harder for the grief end of it. And it's probably something that most of us would tend to shy away from unless you're actually at a funeral or a wake or a viewing or something like that. I think that It happens in both instances, but I think people recognize the challenge of it in grief. Sure. And so we remember what it feels like to do it more in grief. We engage in a ministry of presence at a wedding when we participate at a wedding. Okay. Or a baptism or a birthday party or an anniversary. We are part of that celebration and part of that joy, but those are easier to be a part of than to be a part of ministry of presence in a time of grief, especially because it's really easy to say stupid things in a ministry of presence during grief. Mm -hmm. And we tend to over remember and overemphasize our memories of when we've made mistakes and thought or said stupid things. And so we discount the hundreds of birthday parties or celebrations that we have been present and just a witness and just a a fellow cake eater on the day of joy. (laughs) 
versus thinking, oh, that one time I was with my friend when they broke their leg and I made a joke of it when I shouldn't have made a joke of it. I think right? it's because ministry brings with it some sort of a heavier connotation and therefore mm-hmm. you would apply it to a situation that seems more grave, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. And yet ministry is just practice, intentional practice with a faith component a ministry of fitness or a ministry of communication, uh, all those things are is just another way of saying an intentional practice with a faith component in being present with other people or intentionally engaging in something, recognizing that God is present within it as well, spoken or unspoken. Does this change for you in a way that you're aware of When you're with different people, either for a different age or somebody from a different background? It does, but that has more to do with how you interact with people, where you meet people where they are. Okay. I think that there's always a recognition when you're working with a minor, for example, that you have conversations with parents over time and guardians over time to know what is appropriate and where are the lines of confidentiality and what are the laws in your state about mandatory reporting? Okay. There are literally different laws when you're working with populations that are at risk. So if you're working with minors or elders or individuals with disabilities, there are literal laws that you need to keep in mind as you do this kind of ministry of presence and you hear things and you witness things. And there's also different levels of familiarity. My ministry of presence with a complete and total stranger on the side of a road because of a car accident is going to be a different kind of ministry of presence than meeting a member at a hospital and waiting for their loved one while they experience a surgery right? They're all kind of different or the ministry of presence of being with my friends on a 50th birthday party. It's a whole different kind of ball game on each of those different pieces. But at the end of the day, they're all the same thing. Learning how to be deeply present, deeply aware of what is holy about the moment and as calm and as peaceful as we are able to be, to be present in the space without bringing anxiety or bringing fear, but just bringing simple presence within the space. Is this one of the things that drew you to your call, this idea of ministry of presence, or is it something that you find you struggle with? It's a good question. I don't think that it's something that drew me to the call because I don't think I understood that it was or what it was when I was... 21 years old and thinking about going to seminary, I don't think I would have had a clue. Sweet summer child. (laughs) But I think that it is something that I learned to live into through my first call. And certainly not during training in seminary because I was too busy knowing how to do everything. (laughs) Sure. Again, youth. Youth. But I think that it was something that I lived into in my first call and learned how to do and learned how not to do. Oof, duh. 
And that just takes time. That's part of what first call is about, especially for those of us who just zipped right on through from undergrad to grad school to ordination to first call. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's something that we learn how to do outside of rostered leadership. I think it's something that just comes with living life over time. I think that many parents have learned how to have a ministry of presence with their children, simply learning how to listen to them tell their stories or explain their brilliant artwork at three years old. Mm -hmm. Right. That's all part and parcel of learning that kind of skill over time. Okay. That's going to lead me to my last question. We've talked parents, we've talked pastors, do you have tips for those of us who are interested in being present for loved ones in this way? I think one of the first tips that I will give is learn how to become comfortable with silence. Oh, sure. That makes perfect sense. And that's the hardest piece. Learning how to not offer solutions, how to not be brainstorming solutions, and how to be comfortable in silence, and how to give permission for whatever emotion is in the space at the given moment, learning how to not shut down great joy or great fear or great sadness, but simply to know that emotions are gifts and that we hold them and we have them and there is nothing good or bad about any emotion. It's the decisions that we make based upon our emotions that have value to them. If we make a choice to do something harmful because we are angry or joyful or sad, that's where we can start saying that's a good choice or a bad choice. But anger and joy and sadness are not good or bad emotions on their own. They are simply emotions. And so doing whatever work we need to do ourselves to be comfortable with holding silence, to be comfortable dwelling within that, and to be comfortable being present with any emotion that comes up in a person around us and how to recognize and honor the emotion that it brings up within us and still be able to be present fully, even as we hold and manage our own emotion. And that is a tremendously difficult thing to learn how to do. Yeah, it is. And so that's my number one and my only tip for how to do this. Excellent. The rest of it comes with that skill as your foundation. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about the Ministry of Presence. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. May you all have moments of stillness and quiet and friendship in the week ahead. And until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.